everybody, it's Joe Parafarm of the Ladies Working Dog Group. Are you feeling stuck with your gun dog training? Trust me, you're not alone and that's exactly why you need to be here. Every week, we'll bring you the best tips and hacks to make training your gun dog easy peasy. We'll keep it straightforward, no fuss, just actionable guidance that you can put straight to use. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Found It, Fetched It. This week, we are going to be talking all about the mother-pup relationship in gun dogs. Joining me for this week's podcast is LWDG Group expert, Jem Martin. How are you today, Jem? I'm good, thanks, Jo. How are you? I am very good, and I'm really interested to have this conversation with you because you have just bred a beautiful pup of your own and have mum and pup at home, and I did the same with Ella, and I thought it'd be really, really cool to talk about the pros and cons of this sort of mother-pup relationship. Now, how old is your pup now, Jem? Uh, she is nine weeks today. Nine weeks, so she's still a little dirty lamb chop. And what's her name? She's called Yara. Yara. So let's have a little conversation around how how you feel even about the fact that like you've now got mum and daughter. <laughs> well, first off, she's not a dirty lamb chop. She's like some raptor that's rapid and runs around with her mouth open i think i think this has probably been the bit that i've been most worried about when i was breeding the litters like how do i move forward now with actually trying to train a puppy and still have mum and sort of do that transition so at the moment she's spending a lot of time separated from the others on her own which sounds really harsh but she's fine she's sleeping she's chilling um, and just learning to be a little bit independent, I suppose, of the pack, because that's probably what I'm most worried about, is that she gets a bit dependent on mum and everyone else. Because it is that, like, initial bond, isn't it? We're like, obviously, you know, Nuka brought into the world, Nuka's fed and Nuka's looked after her. So she does have a huge bond with Nuka, um, understandably. Yeah, so if they are out together, she will trot around after her and just check if the milk bar's still open. It's really not open for business anymore. Um, but I think actually Nuka's probably more intent on her at the moment because Yara's starting to explore the sort of bigger, wider world. Nuka's a bit more interested in Yara than Yara is in Nuka at this point. Right now, mum is like trying to protect her, which is her job. But Yara being nine weeks old is like, yeah, whatever, I can do this myself. Yeah, pretty much. Nika just wants to give her little bed baths and Yara wants to run off and go, hi, everyone. Oh, what's this? What's this? So, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Jess and Ella were the same. And, like, it was really interesting because I was really proud that I'd bred Ella. But in the beginning, and probably through my own inexperience, I didn't do what you did. I wasn't that sensible. I didn't make Ella independent of her mum. I almost did the opposite. I basically allowed Ella to follow her mum everywhere she went. And right at the beginning, I thought, oh, this is really, really good. Because every time I pipped a whistle, like, Ella would turn because Jess was turning. Or every time I recalled, Jess would come back, Ella would come back. So right at the beginning, I could see sort of positives for it. What I didn't allow for is what would happen if I tried to train Ella away from Jess. So you've already started thinking about that, haven't you? Yeah, so all the training that she's doing is all out, out on her own in the garden or in a separate room from the others. Um, she hasn't really done anything with the others other than mooch around and just be around them that's all I want her to get used to at the moment 
So what challenges are you sort of facing with like, because all of your dogs live in the same house. How, what challenges are you facing with separating them out and, and getting her to be independent of her mum? Uh, so during the day actually is a lot easier than nighttime. So during the day, she's got her crate in the kitchen. Um, she goes in there while the others come up here in the office with me or they're either out with me in the car or whatever. Um, so that's fine. She's really happy to go in there. She settles and has sleeps and then is let out for training and food and wheeze and poos and whatever. Nighttime when we're all in the living room is a little bit more difficult <laughs> because I'm not only having to manage her, but I'm having to manage her mum's interactions with everyone else regarding her. I'm having to manage her uncle's interactions with her. He's not quite as puppy tolerant as the others. Um, and then having to manage her interactions with my housemates, young Springer, who just wants to knock everyone out with her paws. So, yeah, that's more interesting. Um, and at the moment, she's got a little pen in the corner. So she's just getting used to sort of settling around everyone else. Because that is quite difficult in itself, isn't it? Like, you know, for a lot of people, you they just got one dog in the household and that being the pup, getting them to settle is hard. But when you're trying to get a pup to settle... And the other dogs, the, the other dogs might be settled, but they might just get up to walk around or go and get a drink. Everything starts your pup off, doesn't it? Yeah. So like like you say, someone getting up to go for a drink is like, oh my God, someone's moving. Oh, and that will wake her up again and take her another 10 minutes to get, oh, okay, it's boring and settle down. Um, and yeah, so, so that is my biggest struggle at the moment. And obviously Nuka being quite protective of her if anyone goes over to sniff her Nuka then also has to go over and sniff her and make sure everything's okay so it's like everyone just calm down <laughs> but yeah but that's like understandable I suppose if you look like look at human interactions your mum does check you know that you're safe and, and Nuka's just doing what Jess did which was making sure that they are their baby is fine what I found with um Ella is as she got older, that didn't stop. Jess was still concerned about it. And again, it's probably down to my inexperience. I didn't break them up. So Jess never stopped overly caring about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think the sort of plus sides of the emotional well-being of the dogs were the fact that, like, Yara hasn't had to go to another home with she. She's only ever known your home. Yeah, so I think that side of things has made the transition a lot easier. Um, I think she's probably the first puppy that I've had that on her first night alone didn't cry or didn't squeak, just went to bed and slept all the way through, basically, because that's what she's been doing with her brothers and sisters. Um, all of her brothers and sisters at least had one night where they did a little bit of whinging and crying and stuff, because it is quite a big upheaval, isn't it? They've left their home, they've left their siblings, and it smells different, and it's feels different whatever so yeah I think that side of things has been really really beneficial because she has just gone into her crate and that's been like it has the rest of her life she's it's normal and she's settled really well in that respect I think for Ella she had loads of security and loads of confidence around the house but again it was only if Jess was there like looking back now and chatting to you I think oh why did why didn't I like creature in another room or, or why didn't I do this but again it goes back to all the time we don't know what we don't know so maybe we don't approach it in, this, in in the way that we should for you like you've got this sort of separation strategy going on are you going to continue that when you train or are you going to do like a mix of both so for me uh, uh, Jess without doubt taught Ella quite a lot because she naturally followed mum 
Mum was responding. Ella sort of learned a lot of the basic commands just from being where her mum was when her mum responded. Are you going to do something similar, or are you going to set? Are, are you going to train her completely on her own? Um, I think it all depends on how she's getting on. Like, like you said, I don't want her to become dependent on Nuka to listen to those commands. She needs to listen to them when she's on her own. So. I reckon the first couple of months, a lot of it will be on her own and then interspersing the, her mum and other dogs so that she can still listen while there's those other things around. Um, but equally do as they do and, and follow them around. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit suck it and see and play it by ear, really. But, yeah, majority of her training will probably be on her own to get those foundations in solid. I think as well, like something you just touched upon there, is like the interactions. Like it's very easy when you've got mum and you've got pup and you've got other dogs to say, well, okay, my dog knows pretty much how to behave around this group. But sometimes that doesn't mean they'll know what to do when they meet a stranger because they were born into that household and those dogs around them have never been strangers, have they? No, so she's always been able to see them and smell them, even if it hasn't been necessarily right next to her. Um, so they're very familiar to her in that sense yeah and she's still too young to sort of go out and, and meet the world um when you go out and meet the world are you going to have the same plan as you've got for your training which is like okay i'm just going to take her out on her own to meet the world to build her own independence her own confidence or are you going to have like a mix where you like say well i'm going to take her with nuka as well so nuka can support us with this yeah i think it depends where i'm going if i'm going somewhere new um that i think she might be bothered by that then possibly I might take another dog so she can sort of follow their lead um but equally I want her to sort of look to me for that as well so I don't want her to always have to depend on a dog I'd rather she go oh, okay she says this is all right so it's probably fine um because I want to work on our bond as well and that's really really important because like in some of the previous episodes we've discussed what you want to do with her and you want to trial her and want to do things with her so you really do want her connection to be you and nobody else, don't you? Yeah, ideally, but she's a cocker, so who knows what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking through this as if we've got it planned out. The reality of it is, we haven't allowed for the breed. But yeah, <laughs> with regards to like health and wellness, like I, the one thing I did see with um, Ella was she she wasn't so confident when I did take her away, but when they were together, she was incredibly confident. Again, probably looking to mum for for some support there, but she she was far far more advanced from like how she interacted. She almost felt a little bit like she'd grown up way quicker than a pup would have until you took mum away. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, and I think. Because I've been to visit a couple of the puppies from the litter, I think Yara is a lot more confident because she's still around mum and she's still doing all that stuff. So she charges around the house like a freaking lunatic, going, "Yeah, this is brilliant." Whereas those the puppies that have gone other places and maybe with other dogs and people and whatever, they're just a little bit more. Okay, I'm just going to suss this out. I'm not fully got my feet under the table yet, but yeah. So in that respect, she is a bit more bold. Um, but I did take her for a first carry down the road this morning, so that sort of put her back in a box a little bit she wasn't quite so brave then um so we'll we'll keep doing those little bits of that i think over the next couple of weeks because we know people uh within the membership who've got like grandmothers daughters mothers you know great grandmothers like they've got the entire line over generations so those dogs really do stay surrounded by their own don't they 
yeah and I, <laughs> I'm, I'm still a little bit bewildered on how I move forward but um, I'm sure we'll get there I think though like a lot of it and we say this in the group all the time is to train the dog in front of you and I think we can learn a lot from what the dogs telling us so you're going to just see what she gives you feedback wise <laughs> definitely and I think if if she does need her confidence boosting and stuff um, then maybe that will be the time to bring out mum and show her that stuff's all right but yeah at the moment she's doing all right and I think it's just sort of a learning process for all of us really because I've never had mum and daughter so like you said it's going to be a suck it and see and see what happens <laughs> I think as well though like what you just said there is absolutely right because even if they're not mum and daughter we tend to use an older dog to somehow sh- sometimes show a younger dog what the game's really about. And I also think having an older dog around a younger dog steadies them without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Red being around my housemate's dog when he was a puppy, uh, he learned loads and loads and loads. He was doing stop whistle sort of probably at 11 weeks maybe just because he was watching what the others were doing and getting his bum down. So, yeah, they do have their benefits. So... Jen, like what you just said there, though, like um, Red and Beanie weren't related, but there was that sort of like younger dog, older dog relationship there, wasn't there? Yeah, we used to joke and say that Red looked at Beanie and was like, oh, you're my hero. Because he used to watch him <laughs> sort of bounding through the fields and sort of follow him everywhere. Um, so, yeah, he did learn some really good stuff off Beanie, but then equally you've got to be careful that they're not picking up those slightly naughty habits and I suppose Beanie's wasn't a naughty habit because that's what Liz allowed him to do. He was allowed to range a bit further. Um, but I didn't want that from my cocker. So he did learn to range quite far as a puppy. So it took a bit of reining in after that. And that could be like any sort of dog with another dog relationship. And the fact that like, even if you go for a walk with friends, if they allow their dogs to do stuff and then your dog picks up on that, it just, it can very quickly decide, oh, this is the way I want to do this from now on. Yeah, it can be carnage. And that's why a lot of the time when my friends say, do you want to go for a walk with the dogs? I'm like, no, can I come on my own? Because um, I don't want to tell you that I don't want to walk with your dogs. Um. <laughs> Anyone listening to this now is like, oh my God, Gemma never brings her dog. <laughs> 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 but like this, this like sort of like the like dog learning dynamics. Like, there's so many advantages of it, but like we've just discussed, there's so many disadvantages of it. But like, they can teach some stuff that that maybe we we haven't thought about talking. So, for example, if there's like sheep, Jess never never uh, chase sheep. None of the, none of my dad's uh pack one for a better word did the whole lot of them so for Ella when she was walking with them all and they were sheep she just like she almost looked to them looked to the sheep I would say to her sheep which meant leave the sheep alone and then she would like literally go okay that's not there I don't think and I don't know because I've never had to individually teach one dog at any one time if it's harder if the dog's got no other dog to behaviour, like to model a behaviour. Yeah, so I think things like that, they do sort of take the lead from what the pack are doing, don't they? So they sort of look around and go, well, no one else is chasing the sheep. Maybe maybe we shouldn't go and chase the sheep. Maybe we just walk past. So I think, yeah, they can be really helpful with um, adding that sort of self-learned, self-control, I suppose. I mean, I call Red the fun police because... If anyone starts playing in the house, he will correct them and go, I don't want that in the house. 
Um, so as a result, I don't really have to do anything with the dogs in the house if they start going mental because I know he steps up and goes and they all go, okay, sorry, 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 put their paws up and stop. So I think the other dogs can be really helpful and especially in that respect. So teaching the younger dogs to be sort of respectful around older dogs and not bounce on people's heads and doing all that. Red's been amazing for that because Lizzie's Springer is an absolute nut job. Um, and he's been really, really patient and taught her, you know, respectful boundaries. He will be really sort of, he's actually a lot more patient with her than I thought he would be, which <laughs> has been a real surprise. So he gives her a sort of grrr, grrr, and then if she pushes it anymore, he gets bah, 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 bah. Um, and that's the end of it. And she, she, she is learning. She will now approach him and go, are you in a good mood? No, we're not in a good mood today. I'll go and, go and lie down. <laughs> it can work the other way, though, kind of, because we're talking like about how a dog's, the younger dog's behaviour is influenced by the older dog. But I've seen it without doubt that when you've got pups around, older dogs, like, they almost become more playful. They like, you'll see them like where they maybe don't normally play bow and stuff with their, with their peer group. They'll start doing it on the pack. They'll start acting more, uh, acting younger in their behaviour towards the little dog. Yeah, there has there has been more playing since the pup has, well, since both the pups have come into the house. Um, Red and Nuka will now play a lot more than they used to, and I think that's because they sort of take the lead from the younger one in that respect. So at the moment, you've got two older dogs, two younger dogs, so that's quite an equal situation now, isn't it? And an ancient dog. It's like it's like the wisdom tree, the ancient dog, isn't it? I love it. Like older dogs sort of just like sit there and I don't even think they need to growl. They just have something about them that says, leave me alone. Yeah, she she just emits an aura sitting on the sofa going, just don't come near me. We're cool. Just stay away. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's not that different to, to humans. <laughs> like, like I, I bless my mum, but I love her. I love her to death, but I take the mick out of her sometimes, like teasing her. But I would never do that to my grand. Like my grand's ninety, I would never do it to her. Um, um, but my mom, I can still sort of get away with it, and she'll like give me a bit of banter back. So I think like we all work out what is appropriate in the structure. Like for example, my grand, you cannot swear in front of at all. Not that I'm a giant swearer, but I do swear. I'm not going to pretend I don't. And you cannot. And once I said the naughty word for poop, she smacked me across the face. She said, she literally, and she's the most placid, calmest person in the world. She shocked the life out of me. And she said to me, young ladies do not use words like that. And I was like, ah, oh. and from that day, I have not sworn around her. And I can't, and like, literally, I think, how is it in my, like, brain? Like, my brain just knows, do not swear around grammar, because you can get a whack across the face. I don't think she'd do that now. She's not fast enough, but you know. <laughs> But then I like I would swear on my mum, and my mum says to me, "Like enough of the swearing." But like it's again, it, like it's just a different type of level of behaviour you can get away with with different people or different other dogs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it is quite similar, especially with Jelly, who, like I say, just lies on the sofa grumbling at a distance. Nobody goes near her, and I think they all know that you know you don't mess with her. She's old. My poor grandma now; she's never going to listen to the podcast. The other thing she wants. <laughs> the other thing she wanted to give me a big massive brow for was uh, because I had a pint glass with coconut and she said, ladies don't drink pints. So. Yeah, she was, she was absolutely appalled. I was like, grandma, it's like, it was, I think it was Diet Coke because we didn't even have Coke Zero then. 
um, or, or diet Pepsi or something. But yeah, yeah, she was saying. So we've talked about like the challenges. We've talked about like management of it. We've talked, I think, really well about the like integration strategies, how we can get dogs to get on. Do you think that like, regardless of whether they are family or not family, it's always worth having this sort of like, I need my pup to be independent attitude. Yeah, definitely. And like I said before, I think you want your dog to bond with you and not the other dogs. And sometimes I think it can be easier to just let them toddle around after the other dogs. But you do lose a little bit of that connection with you then. So if the other dog runs off, I think you probably find it harder to then recall the pup away from the other dog and things like that so i think build the bond with you first or this is my hope in anyway build the bond with you first and then start to integrate them into the pack so that they're doing stuff with the others but until they can be your bestie they can't be besties with anyone else it sounds harsh doesn't it no, i don't think it's harsh i think it's what you need because the reality of being if you're out in the field you cannot have like the simplest of things so for example Ella and Rex will use them. They, they, in my good books at the moment, they both be imperfect. Rex is always on my good books. Ella is in my good books, apart from the fact Gemma will laugh. She ate one of my favorite bags of Ava Boots last night. So now she's in my bad books for that bit. But anyway, out. If they were like the besties, if Rex ran in, she would run in. Because that sort of behavior I saw with her mum. Now she's not with her mum, she tends to think a little bit more for herself so rex can run in to get a dummy i rather doesn't run in i've sent him in to get a dummy she will sit and wait for me like i can sort of tell in her behavior if she's starting to get the point where like you need to lay a lead on now because you are starting to get really excited by what he's doing um but yeah i think when she was with her mum you didn't you know time to to think does she need a lead she was a goner everywhere mum went she went so it gave me problems around the basic things that you would try to do get dog training yeah yeah so I, th I think getting that in early so that they know that they can do all those things alone um and look to you for that guidance is is beneficial because otherwise like you say you've then got that battle of going no 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 don't follow the dog look at me i spent many many hours <laughs> Stop following you, Ella. Um, but thank you again for a, a fabulous podcast. As always, I hope everybody listening has enjoyed. Please make sure to subscribe. And if you're on a podcast platform, please could you uh, leave us a review? That would be absolutely fabulous. We really do appreciate it. Um, and we shall speak to you all next week. That's it for today's episode. A massive thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to head over to the LWDG and sign up for our membership. Get access to expert-led training, a wonderfully supportive community, and the resources you need to become a confident and skilled gun dog trainer. Let's take this journey together, because no woman should have to train her gun dog alone. We'll see you all next week.